attributed to the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm Ian Riccoboni. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and host, Steve Carino, the king of old school. Steve, I think I got a fever, maybe wild card fever, and I think it's progressing into divisionary. Right. You know, here is a team that was picked for almost dead last. Thank God for the Braves. But <laughs> I think over the last few weeks, we have developed this this positivity towards the Phillies that 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 Philadelphia Phillies fever is is starting to uh to get there I I was in Clearwater this past weekend I felt it I felt I felt alive it wasn't playoff atmosphere but it was August and we could win this you know thing grapefruit league (laughs) yeah it's I I loved it and you know what and what a song is that on iTunes can I get that on iTunes I had to find it it's out of print so I had to to obtain it maybe in in a way that I shouldn't disclose under the podcast but the uh but yeah I mean one of the biggest crowd the biggest crowd ever at Bright House Field last week at a game that you were at the 15 to 12 uh slugfest and I, I know you're currently undefeated and Beck, your son, is currently undefeated at, at Philly Spring Training Games. And, you know, 14-6-1, and one, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm on the Phillies train. You know, they have the second most runs scored in the Grapefruit League, only behind the Tigers. And uh, run differential of plus 27. I think this team could win at least 73 games, Steve. I, you know, I don't know. Call me an optimist. I don't think anybody, you know, if that knew me five years ago would ever call me an optimist. But call me an optimist. I'm going today. I, you know, by the time that you, you upload this, it'll probably be March 23rd. And call it spring fever. Call it Phillies fever. Call it what you want. I'm calling it right now, Ian. We're going 81 and 81. Wow. 500. <laughs> You know, I, I met some players. It was alumni day on Sunday. You know, I, I got a, I got a positive feeling. I, the, the crowd was hot on Friday. It was a, a slugfest. It reminded me of the, the late seventies, early eighties Cubs Phillies rivalry in Wrigley Field. Balls flying everywhere. The, the place was going crazy. Came back on Sunday. You know that. Uh, uh, Naris gave up four runs, but they didn't give up. They did not give up. They just kept fighting, and you know they're running everything out. They, these guys are playing August baseball in March, and man, and I, you know, and I listen to MLB Network Radio six, seven hours a day, and I, I, I can even feel. It, the the wheels turn in a little bit, you know. John Hart was he's a believer now, you know that Todd Hollingsworth isn't. But Jody Max always been a Phillies believer. I'm a believer. I think you're a believer. I think everybody that was in Clearwater this weekend was a believer. And you know, I I, I talked to fans from the the Northeast. I talked to fans uh, when we went to the Blue Jays. Well, we attempted to go to the Blue Jays game on Saturday. 
But a lot of people, even Toronto fans, are excited about the Phillies. And it's it's crazy because it's not supposed to happen. And, you know, and good money's telling us that they'll be 72 and 90, 73 and 89. God forbid, you know, 75 and 83. Right. But 81 and 81, that that to me is where where it's at. Yeah, I you know, I I am getting a little wrapped up in the excitement and it's kind of weird because this is the first spring training since maybe 2012 when there was some uh roster shakeup that I'm actually living and dying with the radio calls and the box scores and the, and watching the standings and I'm watching what the Blue Jays and the Nationals are doing cuz they're right toward the top too and and it, spring training shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be you know, all rational signs, and I've referenced the Fangraph articles, Sports Illustrated articles, uh, Baseball America articles, the Sporting News articles, that say there's no correlation between spring training and the regular season. But this is cool for this team that had a different feeling anyway coming into the season, all this young talent, uh, to really feel like there's some, there's some optimism and that there's individual players that are going to be really exciting to watch. Now, Steve, you mentioned that you met a couple of the, the players down at Alumni Day. Um, I saw I saw you on the Phillies Twitter feed, uh, you and Beck, uh, meeting L.A. Yeah, what a, I didn't even know that there was a camera there. And, you know, to, to know me is to know that I, I've been a Phillies fan through thick and thin for, for years. I, I grew up, you know, with the old prism, and we've talked about this. We prism and I, the Phillies and, and the Cubs were my teams. And so, you know, alumni day, I, and I didn't even know, and I, you know, I got to uh, throw a big, big thank you to, to Greg Castriato um, of the Phillies, you know, uh, helping us out. But the, the meeting some of these players was so cool because, you know, I've, I've been a wrestler for so long and it's people meeting me. I'm not usually the person meeting someone. So, you know, we got in line and um, we met Mickey Morandini, who I may be Eskimo brothers with. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, check you up on. This is a PG uh, program. <laughs> it is. I, it is. You know, so I, I may be. I'm not sure. The, the, there's rumors there. I didn't want to say it. There was a lot of people around, plus my two-year-old. And wow. then um, <laughs> also, then it was Larry Boa, man. And, like, Larry Boa is – one of my top five Phillies ever top five mm. Phillies, definitely top two cups, but top five Phillies ever. And, uh, you know, he was super cool, laid back. And you, you had said that you had interviewed him and he was a super cool guy. He was, I didn't drop mm-hmm. your name. I was just making sure, you know, he's got a temper. I didn't want him to, you know, be all hot at me. And then, um, meeting Larry Anderson and, you know, Beck and him had a high five and they, they actually caught a picture of it to put on the Phillies Facebook and Twitter. So, you know, big shout out. And it, it was pretty cool. And then we went over to another table and met Charlie Manuel. And, and of course, you know, I, you in wrestling, we call it marking out. And I leaned in and I said, hey, man, thanks for 08 and 09. Well, and 07, 10, 11. I love you, man. He's like, you know, he, he's just so cool. And then, yeah. Pedro Feliz was there. We gave my my son an extra autograph and a high five. And then it was Matt Stairs. And my brother-in-law is a huge Phillies fan. And, you know, it's our second year going down the spring training. And, of course, you know, my brother-in-law can talk to anybody. So he just 
right away starts a conversation with Matt Stairs. And <laughs> like you would have thought that they were going to go out and get a beer. That, that's how cool Matt Stairs was. And of course, I said, hey, man, thanks for the big home run. <laughs> and, um, well, that's, you know, I'm sure everybody said it, but it's... there was a buzz uh, around the stadium all weekend. And I was there last year and we knew the team was going to be bad and everybody was having fun, but there wasn't that buzz that this team could do something special. And I, I believe it that comes from, they have nothing to lose. This is supposed to be a throwaway year, a, a you know, quote unquote tanking year, but it's not, it's not. We are building the blocks of something special. You know, and we, we, we've seen the golden era of the Phillies, you know, through the Charlie Manuel era but I think it's coming again and, and Pete McKinnon is, is a great coach for these guys he's letting them develop these personalities and he's putting them out there and um Hellickson looked great on Sunday I was keeping score in my program you know besides he walked Altuve um, on five pitches and, and then freaking Aaron Sebia throws him out at third I, I loved it I loved <laughs> it I just you know the crowd was hot. It had a playoff atmosphere, almost a playoff atmosphere. I'm saying August where you know there's a chance that there, there, there could be you know, a playoff run. And it, yeah. it's going to help them. I, and I, I'm hoping that this momentum reaches over to Citizens Bank Park in April. Because looking at the schedule, and I, I don't know if you've looked at it, Ian, there is definitely, there is definitely – a chance that they could go 14 and 10 14. in the month of April. I look at who they got and they got Washington a few times in New York a few times, but Cleveland, they got Atlanta. They got all these teams that they can beat. If they jump out of the, the gate 14 and 10, they're going to be the team to beat. And they have pieces that even if they drop, drop it back a little bit, then you could see like, okay, cool, man. Let, let's get rid of Galvis. Let's get rid of this guy. Um, you know, let, let's make a shift here. Let's make a shift there. And you know who looked good? Who's that? Ryan Howard. Yeah, you know, that was kind of crazy to me. At the day after Jason Stark kind of floated out that the Phillies, after the day after we talked about it, that the Phillies doesn't see the Phillies having Ryan Howard after the end of the season. Ryan Howard went, in the words of Gorilla Monsoon, bananas. <laughs> he, like, I think he hit, he was two for four one day, two for five another day. Um, just incredible. Uh, he's since fallen back a little bit. But, you know, you mentioned Freddie Galvis, and I was thinking about this. With a guy like Freddie Galvis, and you mentioned the building blocks, I don't think a lot of people see Freddie Galvis as a building block. Um, I think he may be a bellwether, though. I think Freddie Galvis might be the guy that when you see they move on from Freddie Galvis, I think that's phase two of whatever's happening with this rebuild. And so I think that, you know, I think when they move on from Galvis, which I believe they will do at some point this year, you, I, you've, in episode one, thought he may be gone by the trade deadline. I, uh, I still say he'll be gone August 1st. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think he's Bobby Abreu. I think he's the, the key once Abreu was gone, all of a sudden, things started falling into place. Yeah, and that, <laughs> I see that more as a coincidence. But, you know, a lot of fans, a lot of fans certainly feel that way with Abreu. And it was kind of odd that when he moved on that they started to do pretty well, especially considering he was such a great hitter. But, 
you know, with Galvis, I think once he's gone, I think that signals J.P. Crawford. And I think that's when the second stage of the rebuild happens. I think that's about the time you might see maybe Mark Appel get a shot at the majors and maybe some of the other young arms, Jake Thompson, maybe Nick Williams in the outfield. So, you know, I think Freddie Galvis will serve as that important bellwether. Um, and, of course, one of the biggest building blocks uh, is Macal Franco, who's currently leading the major leagues in spring training, uh, emphasis on spring training, in home runs. And a report, a rumor came out earlier today. I'll say it's a report. It's a pretty credible guy from the Dominican Republic. He said that Macal Franco may have been offered a six-year, $39 million contract extension. So I'll throw this to you, Steve. It, Two things. How did Franco look to you down in spring training? And is that a risk you're willing to take? Because that would essentially buy out um, all of his arbitration years and also give you an extra year, give you that year after arbitration. But you'd be paying him uh, around just under $7 million a year for some of his early years that you know, you'd only have to pay him 500000 for. I think if, if the story's true, I, I believe that it is a step in the right direction that Michael Franco is the future of the Phillies. I, I, I think that they are, he's the Ryan Howard of this next generation, this, this new generation that's popped up that we're going to extend these guys. You know, we're not, we're not paying out a ton of money, $39 million over six years for a ball player that might hit 30, 35, 40 home runs. If we get him. If we get him some protection, and I got the guy, I do have the guy, and I, I just believe that it's a step in the right direction. This Franco is going to be a star. Like I, I told my little boy, and he didn't understand. <laughs> I told my little boy, I said he's going to hit a home run for you today, buddy. And he didn't hit it one. He didn't hit it at the the, the time, but he hit it later. <laughs> and he just he looks like he's having fun out there, and he's he seems laid back and having fun and. I saw him at Alumni Day hugging the old players, so he has like a lot of respect for the, the guys that came before him. It is fun to watch. It, it's so much fun to watch, and I, I I think that this is a good thing. Step, they're they're getting that TV money. They have money to spend. It's going to be spending it in the right places. If if paying thirty nine million dollars to uh, Franco is the way to go, I'm totally with it. I am totally totally with it. Sure. And there, you know, and there is, I am too. And there is some precedent that indicates that these types of risks usually pan out. Um, look at Evan Longoria. He got a six year, $17.5 million contract extension, I believe the day after he made his major league debut. Um, if you look at term in terms of value that he gave the team, uh, 2008, he was worth about $34.9 million. 2009, about $45.7 million. 44.8 in, in 2010 against salaries of uh, half million, 0.6 million, 1 million, 2 million. So there is precedent. Um, Longoria had a similar pedigree, a um, little bit of a better defensive reputation, but a similar pedigree. Um, and then you look at Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun got one of those extensions out of the gate, too. That also worked out. So these aren't uncommon among teams that have smaller budgets. I like the Phillies' aggressiveness. Uh, I really do because they hadn't made moves like this. 
could because there is some risk because you're you end up paying a guy effectively on average a little under seven million a year when he could get hurt this year and never play again. So you know you're essentially on the hook for thirty nine million dollars, but the reward is so great he might provide you a hundred million or one hundred fifty million in surplus value that I applaud the aggressiveness if this is true. Now, I did see that the original report was by Hector Gomez, who is a personality on television in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Chris Cotillo of MLB Daily Dish, uh, he reports that Franco's agent Ryan Roster says, quote, there is not not an offer on the table at this time. I hope there is, though. I mean, that would be, that seems like a deal that's perfect within both the Phillies budget and the expectations of Michael Franco, because, you know, he, like we, we mentioned, um, there are scouts that are saying that he's the real deal in terms of power, in terms of plate approach. And, um, you know, watching him, I think he's fairly good at defense, uh, defensively. He's got a pretty good arm and he doesn't have bad range for a guy that is well over six feet and probably close to 200 pounds. And yeah, you're right. And I think they they have it in their back pocket that if he doesn't work out at third base, they'll they'll move him over to first. And, um, you know, so he's not a one position player. He could play first, but Crawford is such a great defender that I'll, I'll give up a little bit of defense on Franco at third if we need to to, mm-hmm. to keep that bat in there. And. Uh, because my, my free agent signing for 2017 eventually is going to have to play first base. So, you know, I like Franco at, at third as long as we can because, you know, who's out there? Who's going to be out there that could, you know, be a third baseman? You know, are we, are we going to be able to bring one up? Are we going to be able to sign one as a free agent? Is, is there a third baseman out there that we can trade for? I think Franco is our best our, our best. Uh, logical answer right now. And and I agree because he, you know, if the Phillies would extend him, that would continue the trend that we're seeing around baseball of teams locking up their young players and not letting them hit free agency at a young age. I mean, you're seeing you're seeing players now hit free agency at 29, at 30. Um, what's so exciting about Bryce Harper is that he's on pace to hit free agency at a very young age, at, a, at I believe, 24 or 25 and that would be almost unprecedented for a player of his caliber to be a free agent at that point of his career. There's estimates that he could be the first $500 million man. <laughs> so, uh, and, and he'll definitely be a Yankee. Let, let's a Yan- yeah, you Yankees are just they're, they're just waiting because <laughs> and I, I love this. This is a conversation we ha- I had with my brother-in-law on the way back from Florida was that baseball always needs a bad guy and they need a bad guy team and the yankees are always been that team they're, they're they're loved they're the most loved team and they're the most hated team and we have bryce harper who eventually is going to become the most loved player and the most hated player put him with the yankees all is right in baseball wow i think he's pretty pretty well hated uh in dc right now i think the Nats... well, it's very easy to hate anybody in dc right now uh, you're right that uh, jason worth i want to shave his beard well i was thinking about congress they're at about a 22 percent approval rating right now but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that yeah i think that's a little high oh yeah right well we touched <laughs> we touched on the outfield and uh very briefly and 
you know, Bryce Harper is a guy, of, you know, down the road, he's going to be a free agent, possible $500 million man. Last week, the Jason, Jason Stark reported the Phillies were reportedly kicking the tires on some outfielders. Um, it was rebuked by the front office, but all signs seem to indicate that the Phillies should at least be making calls, and it wouldn't be surprising to find out if that they did. Um, our, one of the great authors on philliesnation.com, Tim Malcolm, he posted a list of possible targets and potential targets the Phillies might seek out, and let's we'll play a quick game. There's about 10 of them, and I just want you to tell me... Um, if any of these names excite you, because right now um, Aaron Altair is out for probably at least half the season. Um, and he's going to have to change his number before he comes back. <laughs> Duval Herrera, is uh, he'll be injured. He's looking to, to start on opening day. Um, still unknown, hasn't played since March 12th. So you got those factors working in. Your five outfielders right now, Peter Borges and... Oh. Who I like. All of a sudden, I, I flipped the switch on yeah. on uh, old Peter. I I met, I, I like I shook his hand, and I think it was his wife and baby. It could be his girlfriend and or baby's mama and baby, or it could just have been a random person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he just seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, so you know he's probably gonna be in left. Um, Tyler Goodell is definitely gonna make this team now. I mean there was maybe a 5%, 10% chance he wasn't. With all these injuries, he's on the team, and he's probably getting 500 plate appearances, if not more. So that's great. I like him. I, I remember I said it in the beginning of our uh, Phillies Nation podcast. I, I liked Goodell. Absolutely, and I think he's got a lot of potential. He's a he's a big boy, 6'4", uh, kind of skinny. I think he can grow into that with some muscle. His power numbers improve every year. I like him, too. I'm really excited about that. Then we have Cedric Hunter, who hit a go-ahead home run yesterday. Uh, he's got three homers this season. I like Hunter. He's he was kind of an early bloomer, and then not a, he did the inverse, whatever the inverse of blooming is, and then it seems like he's blooming again. He's 28 years old. Uh, he at one point he was the Padres, one of the Padres' top prospects. I really really like him. I think he's interesting from a power perspective. Um, and I'm excited that he's going to get an opportunity to play. David Lowe is another guy, more of a defensive specialist. Had some buzz in Rookie of the Year voting a couple years ago with the Royals. Last played with the Orioles. He's suddenly going to make the team. Hunter and Lowe are both lefties. So there was kind of a competition maybe about who could be a left-handed bench bat. I think both those guys make the team now. And then Darnell Sweeney, who has some options. Um, depending on what happens with, with Odubel Herrera, uh, Sweeney is probably your fifth outfielder, unless there's any other moves, which there could be. So I'm going to throw these names at you, Steve. And... Well, real quick, before you throw the names at Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I loved Hunter Swing. I, I thought he was a a, a great um, – I, I, I thought he had, you know, a lot of intensity. I, I liked where he was going. And, you know, it was one of those things where I, I wanted – you know, I want him to make this team. Now – Oh, what was the uh, Darnell Sweeney's another one I like, who is is another hot starter, but you know fizzles out. But remember, he can also play second base, right? So that that gives another option right there too. So I'm ready. I'm ready for your list. Let me <laughs> give it to me. All right, here is the list, and of course, these were suggestions by Tim Malcolm. You can find them on philliesnation.com. Let's see. Let's get this list going here. 
I just had it up. Okay, let's see. Sorry about this, folks. Here we are. <laughs> All right. First, you know what? Let's let's do a blind taste test. Here are some free free agent options. I'll give you four free agent options. You tell me if you like player A, B, C, or D, or okay. or none at all. Uh, first first player last year in 317 plate appearances hit 233. He had a non base of 297 and a slugging of 330. Uh, he had 16 extra base hits against 52 strikeouts. Player B hit 255, 283, 287 on base, 353 slugging. Uh, he had 67 strikeouts against 15 walks. Uh, player C, 296 at-bats, 253, 307, 381, uh, 60 strikeouts against uh, 20 walks. So striking out 3-1 to one there. And player D, uh, 270, but only got on base at 289 clip, uh, 339 slugging, uh, 4 walks against 29 strikeouts. Any of those player A, B, C, or D? I'm I'm liking A. I, I definitely like A. Okay, player A was David DeJesus, <laughs> and he's a current. Ooh, I like David DeJesus. I was I was a fan of his. Yeah, he's a current free agent. The other three players. I don't know if I'd sign him, but I, I like I like him. <laughs> the other well, the other three are Alex Rios, Grady Sizemore, and former Philadelphia Phillies legend Delman Young. <laughs> Oh. So, I thought too, Young was in jail. Did I make that up? Or did... I think you're confusing him with Ray Rowe. I oh, think that's yes, yeah. Yes. Um, Grady Sizemore. I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't want to revisit that. I, I thought he did an okay job as a Philly. It's just I, I don't think he's what we need right now either. To Hazer. So yeah, I'm going to pass on all four. Okay. But if anything, I liked. Uh, I liked the Jesus. All right. Well, we have uh, we have a couple more possible trade options, and I'll just give you the names here. Uh, Michael Bourne, uh, former another former Philly. In fact, the third former Philly in this group that I believe wore number three. I'll have to confirm that for Michael Bourne. No, he wore number nine. I'm sorry, but but Young and Sizemore both wore number three. Kind of a weird coincidence. Uh, Michael Bourne, who wore number nine, that should have been retired when Von Hayes retired. Uh, <laughs> he's He's one of your options. He hit 238 last year with a slugging of 282. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm yeah. passing. Yeah, Jay Bruce, who might be available to in a trade as well. He hit 226. Um, he got on base at a 294 clip with a 434 slugging. Uh, he struck out 145 times. Uh, pretty high up on the major league leaderboard there. Uh, Coco Crisp. 139 plate appearances, hit a robust 175 with a 252 on base. And Nick Swisher, who surprisingly has the highest on base percentage out of this group, uh, in 260 plate appearances, he hit 196 with a 312 on base percentage. So that's your next group. Those are all guys that might be available in trades that have expiring contracts. Oh, you know what? I'm. I mean, Swisher is a hit or miss, you know, especially in the locker room. But once again, this is a young man's locker room. This is, you know, the old guard is almost out as much as I hate to say that. Um, it's it's time to make a change. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't see Swisher, you know, being involved. It, it's 
it's definitely not where um, I think we're going. Um, I yeah. got the guy. I, I, I got the guy. You got the guy. Well, I'll give you three more. Here are three okay. three guys that are out of options. That... Then I'm going to blow your mind with who I got. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> so. Hmm. Now I'm wondering. Now I can't even. I can't even concentrate on these three guys. I'm wondering who this the mystery man is. Um. So these next three guys, uh, Daniel Nava, he is of course a veteran who I can't believe is only arbitration eligible. That's he feels like he's been in the league. Yeah, he's been in the league since 2010. So he's out of options. He might be a guy that might not break camp with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Didn't know he was there. Um, Ezekiel Carrera, another former Phillies legend. Uh, he's on the list. Zeke is on the list. He he actually hit 273 last year, 321 on base. Uh, I believe he's your clubhouse leader in on-base percentage among this group <laughs> with a 372 slugging percentage. And then Kirk Neuenheis, Captain Kirk, who right now is in the Milwaukee organization. And uh, he... He last year hit 195, 270, 375. So th- those guys you might be able to pick up on the scrap heap because they're gonna they're out of options. So, so some slim pickings there, if you if you ask me. I know, and none of these guys are young either. I mean, like you said, you you want to maybe take a chance on someone who might bounce back, but uh, yeah, and I I just don't see who would, who would be that guy. I have your guy. I yeah. have your guy. He is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. He would be perfect in Citizens Bank Park. He's a little older, but this is where he can move from right field, which we're going to need help in. Mm-hmm. You know, where and I, I'm imagining for 2017, even, you know, who the hell knows? Maybe Tulowitzki goes down. Freddie Galvis goes to Toronto. And we get Joey Bats. And what? then we sign. Oh yeah, wow. twelve hours driving from from Tampa, Florida, to the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. I pitched this to my brother-in-law. Wow. Joey Bats is going to want a lot of money, and he's going to want to put up a lot of numbers, and he's going to want to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. Five years. F- Do you pay him thirty million dollars a year? Whoa. We have it. We have it. I. Wow. Okay. Hold on. So let me. Oh yeah, but I, I'm still. Oh, I'm still not done with my pitch here. No, <laughs> Giles. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm pitching this. I am. I, I'm. I'm his agent. Okay. Five years, 150 million dollars. I get it. it. It's a. It's a gamble, but not really, because he is going to be protection for Franco. The big Cam. Big Cam is my man that right now. Cameron Rupp in the number five hole. Huh. You know, if if he doesn't hit a home run, he's going to beat you up. <laughs> I, 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 I am in love with Cameron Rupp. I have forgiven him for hitting 174 in the show for me uh, because I'm a Cameron Rupp guy. Wow. Give me a, give me a shirt with 29 on my back. I'm, I'm ready. Wow. Joey Bats comes. He plays right field for 2017, 18, maybe 19. 20 and 21, we move him to first base. Hmm. Right? So so I I don't You love it, don't you? I <laughs> He wears number 19. Him and Greg Luzinski become the greatest players ever to wear the number 19 in a Philadelphia Phillies uniform. 
I'm kind of stunned. I mean, so all right, let me let me let me take this from the top. So Batista would be really interesting. Um, they certainly don't have a very clear. I don't want to say long-term option in right field because Nick Williams could could very easily be there. But at the same time, Borges could be gone at the trade deadline if he gets hot and they get the right offer. So, uh, okay. Like, I, I feel you. <laughs> I see where he fits in terms of lineup because they need everything right now. I think that would be – I think that would be stage three. I think, you know, guys like Galvis and Morton, once we move on from from them, kind of the placeholder pieces – I think that's when stage two happens of the rebuild. I think stage three is to to get an electrifying free agent. And as we talked about with Franco, they're not as readily available because teams are locking them up at young ages. So I'm sorry, I'm just rambling. I'm trying to think this through. My mind, my mind is literally blown. Um, with Batista, it's I, doable. I mean, the money's there. I don't know if it's a good investment. Um, oh, but think about it. You have you, okay. He's gonna be. He's a good athlete. He's always in good shape. Follows me on Twitter. And <laughs> so he comes and plays right field. Now you have a center field. Is it? Is it Herrera? Is it Borges? It doesn't matter. Left field. You know. It, it, who knows? Williams could play left field. Um, you know. He absolutely. Who, yeah. No. I. Right? Yeah, I agree. And it's a three-year investment for him in right field, two at the least, and then he moves to first base. Who do you? Who do we have that gonna be is gonna be the the first baseman? Is it gonna be Darren Ruff? He's not gonna be here for five years, right? He's he's not unless he does amazing this year. But I believe that Pete McKenna is gonna give Ryan Howard every chance to succeed, succeed or fail, and. I don't think Darren Ruff is going to get 400 at-bats this year. I don't think he's going to get 300 at-bats. I saw Howard play against two lefties Friday and Sunday, and he looked great. He was looking first pitch fastball like he used to, and he was given good swings. He wasn't being fooled. He was staying off that one-two breaking ball inside or and outside. He looked like he had his stuff together all weekend, and granted, it's a weekend. But if you're going to play, you know, we're going to play hard. And, you know, does Tulowitzki be – the more he gets hurt, he's going to get hurt. Why can't Freddie Galvis be a, a Blue Jay? Well, I so I think the Blue Jays are at the point the Phillies were a few years ago where they're going to throw money at like – they're going to throw money at players like the – somebody sailing at sea would throw duct tape on a hole at a boat. And I think they're hitting the point where they have the money coming in and they're going to keep pouring it in. I think they, I don't know if Galvis is good enough for that to happen where he would be the stopgap. I think things would have to hit the fan hard and they could in Toronto because they do have some older players. They don't really have any other outfielders per se other than Batista right now. But I think the biggest problem I see is the fans seem okay with this rebuild, especially with the excitement that's happening in spring training right now and the amount of quality talent they acquire for Hamels and Giles. I think the perception would be the problem. I think the perception of, wow, we finally got done with this monstrous contract for Ryan Howard. 
oh, wait, we've just signed someone who's even older <laughs> to come in and, and be part of this lineup. I think that's the problem. I think you can get away with that if your team is very close in contention. For instance, um, when Ruben Amaro misread the market in the winter of 2008 when he went out and he got Raul Labanez before anybody had even talked to Abanez and generally overpaid him um, when it was all said and done comparatively to the contracts that were handed out to better outfielders. I think that's when you can get away with that from a perspective standpoint. And I think a five-year deal would take Batista into age 40. And I think that is the kind of deal he'd be looking for because, honestly, the Blue Jays got him at a major, major discount. Um, in his seasons there, he made 2.4, 8, and then 14, 14, 14, 14, uh, and then 14 this year. So, I mean, he was a player that obviously uh, provided much more value than that to the team um, including some top 10 MVP finishes, silver sluggers, all-star awards, all-star appearances, etc. So I just think from a public relations standpoint with the new GM, with a new front office, Andy McPhail, Matt Klintek, I just think from a just a purely PR standpoint that the fan base isn't ready to get shocked into that that contract that might feel like an anchor even though in the grand scheme of things with the Phillies and their new financial freedom and their new TV deal and the freedom from Howard might actually be a drop in the bucket. So I just think public perception wise, I think that that might be the, that's the problem I see there. Um, the other thing, the, the Phillies have some interesting options at catcher. Uh, they obviously have Rupp who should see a lot of playing time this year. He's hitting the cover off the ball this spring, but a guy like Andrew Knapp or Jorge Alfaro, um, if they can't cut the mustard behind the plate, might end up at first base. And I think that's something to look for maybe midseason. So I, I'd i be interested to see what Andrew Knapp can do. I really like his bat. I think he's got an electric bat. And I don't know that his – the reports I've read, I don't know that his stuff behind the plate while improving – um, to, would lend him to be a major league catcher. So maybe he's the guy because he's got some serious power. Um, but yeah, that's, I like the creativity. I like the creativity. I'm just worried it would fatigue the fan base. A bit. See, I don't think so. I think people would look at it as when we signed Jim Tomey, they, they, seen, mm. you know, there, there was a guy that they knew that was, you know, on the, on the downside of his, career after after a great great tenure in, in Cleveland and you know but he gave so much and he was a good guy you know tell me that Citizens Bank Park would lose their minds the second that Joey Bats hits a walk-off home run and throws that bat in the 200 level yeah like, no I, I I do like the bat flip <laughs> so, oh, I, yeah, I'd sign up too. for that yeah Johnny Bench could eat poop for all I care <laughs> and you know Goose I gossage. <laughs> yeah and oh yeah goose he's a kid goose and um so i think what what if i said five years 25 million a year would, would you jump on a a five-year 125 million dollar deal for joey bats i would really start to think about it at four years i would overpay for Definitely for three. I would, would go four and twenty eight, or I would. Oh, geez, I would go. Yeah, I think he's going to look for five. And he, he, yeah, he said about the the great contract that 
you know, for on the Toronto side. Right. He's going to uh, be looking to cash in. I Absolutely. I mean, and he's not going to give a hometown discount. But no, I, the right deal. My number, I would go 300, honestly. Ooh. Yeah, I would overpay for those three years because you're you're essentially, for me, paying for the quality of the first year and punting the third year. And that's the way I kind of look at it. And the second year should be somewhere in between. Um, I'd have to look at his stats further to see if there's any up or down trends. Because um, I haven't really looked looked at his, his stuff lately. But that's a great, I mean, that's a really intriguing idea. So, you know where you can make things like that happen, Steve? I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> thinking... The OOTP. Yeah, so the each week the Phillies Nation podcast is proudly brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 17, and it's available now. It came out today. Well, we're recording this on late night, March 22nd. So it came out March 22nd. It's available right now on OOTPdevelopments.com. And this, Steve, this is the Out of the Park Baseball you've been waiting for. Not only does Out of the Park Baseball 17 feature its trademark immersion into hardball strategy and management, uh, an experience like no other, it includes nearly 150 years of baseball history into a single package. It now also includes the MLBPA license for the very first time, along with the returning MLB.com license as well. This means all the real teams, the players, logos, ballparks, and more, you simply cannot get more authentic. And in addition to all the great features, which includes accurate opening day rosters, historical exhibition modes, accurate representation of player faces, uh, showing emotions and aging, beautiful improved visuals, and more... Um, if you order now, you'll receive a 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTPdevelopments.com, clicking on the order banner, and entering the code Phillies17, Phillies17 at checkout to not only get the 10% discount, but to also help support Phillies Nation, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game out of the ballpark 17. So once again, just go to OOTPdevelopments.com. Click on the order banner, enter the code Phillies17 at checkout for a 10% discount and to help support the Phillies Nation podcast. So I'd be curious to see if you can make that happen because I know that game is very accurate with player emotions and things like that. I'm wondering if you'll be able to sign him. So you'll have to let me know. Well, I'm going to try and um, I'll, let you, I'll let you know on the, the next podcast how I'm doing because I'm going to... Uh, I'm not only going to try and sign him, I may try and trade for him during the year. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, we're, we're going to see uh, see how it goes. And you know what? That is something that I, I think we should get the listeners in on. Do your own. Order OOTP and play the game. And let us know. Send us emails. Uh, Ian, you give your email address. Mine is steve at worldofcarino.com. Let us know how you're playing, and we'll give. You know what we should we should dedicate a little segment is how we're doing in OOTP, and give a little review of the week that we had on it. And I think our our you know our fans too that are, are listening, and I love it, man. Thank you for all the 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 downloads and the subscriptions, and absolutely, it's pretty cool that uh, we're getting it. But I, I believe that, you know, you play, see what, what you come up with. You're the mm -hmm. general manager. You're the manager. And you'll you'll probably be better than me because I'm pretty <laughs> awful at the game. Well, but I'm addicted to it. This is going to be my – I started playing in 2012. A, a fan had tweeted me about it, and I got the game. So I've been 12, 13, 14, 15. This is going to be my fifth season at 
and I, I've been fired multiple times, <laughs> but this is my year. This is my year. And then 2017, when I signed Jose Batista, um, you're going to know that I'm right. And I will have to leave this podcast <laughs> for a spot as assistant general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Well, my problem is I'm the king of overreactions. Like today, um, when Jared Eikhoff struck out seven batters uh, in his first spring start with the, the major league team. I was ready to crown him the best pitcher of all time. And, uh, <laughs> and, and similarly, uh, you know, when Andrew Bailey gave up some earned runs, uh, I wanted to cut him despite the fact that only a few days ago, I was saying that Andrew Bailey could be a potential sleeper closer for the Phillies. So, you know, I think that's my problem in that game. Um, I just wanted to bring up uh, a couple things before we get into the essay question um, that you pose, which I understand you got some excellent responses to. Uh, there was a guy today who pitched who's got a really interesting story, and I hope we hear more from him. Uh, Renoir Robal. And I hope I pronounced that right. My French isn't really fantastic. And you don't hear his name a lot, so it's one of those names that you see but you never hear. Uh, Renoir, Renoir Robal. Um, he did not pitch in organized baseball in the 2013 and 2014 seasons. Uh, the highest level he reached before 2012 was rookie ball. He's now still hanging around Major League Camp and pitching well. So I don't have a whole lot to say about him. There's not a whole lot of tape on him. Uh, just an interesting guy, a guy I'm kind of rooting for to make the team. You know, it's you always have one of those guys in like 2012. It was Hector Luna, um, kind of the veteran looking for that that big bounce back opportunity. Um, Renoir, Renoir, Ren, Renoir, Renoir. <laughs> Renoir makes the team that we're all in trouble. Renoir Robal. Uh, he's my kind of sentimental pick. Do you have any of those this year, Steve? Ooh, I, I, that's, a, that's good. J.P. Aaron Sebia is my sentimental pick. Uh, oh, I, I yeah. I want to see him make this team. I think he's going to, you know, be a number 42, 43. He's going to be one of those last guys to get cut unless something big happens like Ruiz blows out his back or, you know. Uh, unfortunately, I can't see Aaron Sebia starting the, the year with the the Phillies. But, man, he's had a good spring. I, I like him a lot. I, I got to see him play on Sunday. He's he's my guy that I would really want to um, really want to make the team. But I, I just I, uh, I can't see it. <laughs> what about yeah. LaFramboise? LaFramboise. Yeah, there's another French name. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's doing great. He pitched. Uh, he's pitched in six games. I believe his ERA is still zero. Uh, let me check here. He looked great on Sunday. Yeah, eight strikeouts, 7.1 innings pitched. He's got a one save and one save opportunity. He's only allowed three base runners. Um, he's yet to give up a hit. So he's pitching a virtual no hitter this this spring training. He's he's a guy that I kind of shrugged my shoulders at when they uh, essentially designated Biddle to acquire Laframbois, and now you know he's a guy that has a very very real shot of being an impact piece in the bullpen, which is kind of cool. Oh, absolutely! And I, I thought he he looked he looked great on Sunday, and he's looked great all spring and. It, it turned out to be a great trade because Biddle has now uh, been released by the Pirates, picked up by the Braves, and I'm, I'm getting word that he'll eventually be released by the Braves and picked up by the uh, Little Sisters of the Poor team. And, uh, <laughs> Get out of it. Yeah, like he, he's going to make his way around. I will be watching him as a Moorhead City Marlin maybe by oh, the end of the season. Well, well I... 
<laughs> Speaking of Marlins, I'm going to try and tie this back in. Robal, La Framboise is, uh, you know, the name is French. Uh, Robal is, is, I believe, French also. Uh, but Robal is from Cuba. And today there was a very special event. Um, President of the United States, uh, Barack Obama, attended uh, the first Major League Spring Training game in Cuba since 1999. So uh, the Devil Rays, or the Rays rather, they ended up beating Cuba, um, as they probably should. <laughs> they, yeah, but it was interesting to see because that, you know, I understand they're doing, they're trying to do vacations to Cuba and, and all kinds of stuff. So this is weird because I think in both of our lifetimes, Cuba has been sort of the forbidden fruit of the Caribbean. Well, here, here's the thing with Cuba. You know, you grow up, uh, and I see. I was born in Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it's a, it's a little different now. Being born in the states and raised in the states, we were taught in school, and I don't know if it was the same for you. Or I'm a little older than you. Um, that Cuba was almost a third world country, real dirty, poor, everything like that. But if you pass over into Canada, in you know Ontario or Manitoba, um, you know I was, I was born in Winnipeg, so. Cuba is the place to go. It's a vacation oh. spot for Canadians, and it's gorgeous, and they have beaches and and casinos and all this crazy stuff that Americans don't know anything about because it's always been, well, this is a place that you're not allowed to go to because they're communists and and this, even though we we do business with China all the time, <laughs> right? You know, it, it, we'll get we we could spend an hour podcast on propaganda of governments and mine, you know. But we'd have to get delirious from uh, Ring of Honor on here to join us. Absolutely, and, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would just you know the, that would be the, lose everybody. Yeah, you know? that would be the Phillies Nation conspiracy hour <laughs> featuring oh, delirious. Goodness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. but you know, Cuba, for me as a baseball fan, I I said this to my father like 10 years ago. I go, man, in my lifetime or my – this is, you know, when Colby was little. I said, in Colby's lifetime, I believe that there will be a major league team in Havana, Cuba. And, and it just – I think it was just because of years of traveling with wrestling back to Canada, seeing the billboards of Cuba or – Friends of mine that are Canadian that go to Cuba yearly on on vacation, that we have this perception. Americans have this perception that is different than what is reality. So mm-hmm. I, I loved seeing that President Obama went down and had a good time. Like, what the heck does he care? He's done soon, man. <laughs> he should have wore shorts. And a button-down Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, you know it, it would it would have been great. Like people talk about Cuba, but do they remember in 1999 that you know Fidel Castro stood up and sang the national anthem? Right. You know, and he, and, you know, and we all know Castro is a huge baseball fan. Absolutely. Um, now, was that always a rumor that the Pirates almost drafted him in the 50s? Yeah, so that, from what I've read, I mean, I think it was a little bit more than a rumor, but not as serious as Castro makes it sound. So I think, uh, from what I've read, there was some, definitely some validity to that. And it's interesting because the Phillies the Phillies haven't been linked to too many Cuban or Cuban-American players. Uh, the most notable one, I believe, was Pancho Herrera. I'm um, just double-checking that right now, but... Pancho Herrera, who had a monster uh, rookie year in 1960, 
Finished second in rookie of the year voting, hit 281, 17 home runs. Uh, yeah, he was he was from Cuba. He was from Havana, and um, he was one of the last uh, he was one of the last Cubans to kind of exile legally, I believe, and come to play in the major leagues. And I think that's that's the cool thing about the possible relationship building is that it's going to save lives. I mean, the stories of these young men that are literally sailing on these rafts to come try and pursue their dream of base, professional baseball in the United States. And if we can find a way to streamline that and improve relations between our country and Cuba and, and whatnot, uh, it's going to be good for the world, uh, but it's also going to be good for baseball and it's going to save some lives. So, you know, I saw this as, a, as an awesome step for not only the sport, but for the globe today. So I'm, I'm very excited you know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of other issues at play here. And uh, again, you know, we won't get into those. But, you know, it was pretty cool to see something that I wasn't sure I was ever going to see in my lifetime, a sitting U.S. president in Cuba. So very interesting. And, you know, like you said, Castro ha has always had that link. There's been a lot of great Cuban baseball players. Yonas uh, Cespedes being one of them in the division here. So, yeah, that was that was kind of cool. On uh, on that note, you know, we'll pivot to our non baseball uh, <laughs> our non baseball question of the week. Last week it was how do you know Steve Winwood? Because uh, the Groupon came out and it listed him as Traffic's Steve Winwood. Uh, the Phillies Nation poll conducted on the Twitter indicated that the the four choices were Spencer Davis Group, where he did give me some loving, and I'm a man. Uh, Blind Faith, where he did Can't Find My Way Home, uh, Traffic, which of course is again another group with Eric Clapton, and then quote, Roll With It Baby, unquote. Uh, the most popular response, Steve, was Roll With It Baby. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Like back in the high life again. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's uh, that's Mac's favorite song from Always Sunny. Yes. <laughs> when they're on the boat and... Uh, Oh boy! Well, me and Mac have a lot in common. Yeah, no, I I can tell. Um, unfortunately, I've been compared to Charlie. So, the, uh. <laughs> the this week's non-sports question I have for you, Steve: The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs announced uh, that they will be the Lehigh Valley Cheesesteaks for a day, um, and you can text what they'll wear on their hat uh, to the Uber app. You can do Whiz Wit or Whiz Without. So, Steve, are you Whiz Wit or Whiz Without? Okay, well. They're not a advertiser, but I'm going to throw out a huge plug here because uh, the one guy is my buddy. Okay. I'm a Tony Luke's guy. Yeah. I want American cheese. I want white, not yellow. By the way, Kevin Owens is frightened of yellow cheese, and that's a, for a whole different thing. But I want white American cheese. I want some ketchup. I don't want stinking onions. I don't want stink stinking sauce. I want it on a good roll, and I want it from Tony Luke's in South Philadelphia. Yeah. Now, Tony... Uh, Drama without whiz. Yeah, Tony Tony appeared on Phillies Nation TV. He was awesome. He likes the pork the best. <laughs> if, he, if you put he a gun... He yeah. Does. He actually threw out the first pitch on Friday. Yeah, he's a great guy. I um, love him. And really sweet guy. I'll pl I'll plug him until the, the the cows come home. He's he's given me enough free cheesesteaks. Wait, you get free cheesesteaks? I yeah. So that's me? yeah. No, I'll, I'll see if I can get you on the list. I I don't oh, know how. That's two things you need to get me. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> no, I got I got a couple free cheesesteaks when when we go down and do the segments with them, but that's all. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get them every time, unfortunately. But yeah, the, I you know I'm actually I'm with I'm a wit guy, and I like provolone. Oh. Yeah, I like provolone and I like the onions. I do the ketchup though too, so I'm with you there. Did you just say ketchup? Ketchup, yeah. Ketchup. <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> Who taught you English? It's ketchup. I, I have that weird Allentonian accent where it's kind of like the Valley Girl, but for men. And oh. Yeah, so I have weird. I have specifically vowels. <laughs> I have the. I, I have really hard uh, consonants and really long vowels. So. Uh, I've been trying to take out this Pennsylvania uh, accent since, you know, for almost four years that I've lived in North Carolina. Yeah. I got no Southern Southern in me. I slip into, so my, my folks lived in Florida for a bit, and I slip into y'all. Um, oh, see, I don't yeah. go there. My sister-in-law, total Southern. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, we we're gonna wrap it up today. Um, we gave you we gave everyone an assignment last week, and we have an assignment this week that could lead to uh, the Phillies Nation 100 being released for free on the Kindle Lending Library. So you want to stay tuned for that. But Steve, last week you asked our listeners in lieu of the trivia question, um, how would they react if a Rod? Uh, broke eventually broke the home run record, which he's on pace to do if he stays relatively healthy. Um, how would they react if he declared that Hank Aaron was the true home run king? Would that make him a babyface, which in pro wrestling is a good guy? So would you view him more favorably um, if he did that, considering his past transgressions? And Steve, you got some good answers. I did. I got two good answers. I want more next time. You know, we're, we're, people are listening. Yeah. Oh, we know you're listening. We see we see the downloads. We're in uh, we were in iTunes New and Notable, and now we're in iTunes Featured Podcast. So thank you for listening, and don't be afraid to participate. Right. They, they got to start rating. They started it's five stars, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Absolutely. This first one's from Anthony Arat, and if I got your name wrong, I am sorry. It, I almost thought it said Anthony Arat, but mm. it's A-R-O-T. And he said, hey, King, just listened to the latest Phillies Nation podcast and wanted to give you and Ian my thoughts on the Arat topic you brought up. If he were to break the home run record and then turn it down and give credit to Hank Aaron, that would definitely get rid of his villain label. But I highly doubt that he would ever do that. He seems like a guy who couldn't give up that attention. As for Ryan Howard, I don't believe he's a villain. I just think as fans, we know he's been pretty much done. It's been a long time coming, and we're, we've been ready to move on. Unfortunately, ever since the beginning of his decline, the memories of everything he's done prior have been fading. I don't forget, and I don't think a lot of other fans have forgotten either, We've just been ready to move on for a while now. I hope my I get my thoughts across well. Keep up the good work on the podcast. That that now that's a great email because um, I think he he talks for a lot of Phillies fans of, about Ryan Howard, and I saw that this weekend. And, and in wrestling, sometimes we call it the legend pop. Mm-hmm. Basically, a guy that is past his prime. But he's done stuff, and so he gets that good reaction, that good, hey, man, it's good to see you, but oh, we'd be happy if someone else was playing there. And um, I know this because I get this. Not that I'm a legend, but I get that legend pop every once in a while. Like, hey, you're still no, here. You, you have longevity. You've done a lot. 80 tours oh, of Japan. Right, 
80, 80 tours of Japan, ECW champion, uh, MLW champion, right? I mean, you've been... Yeah, you've NWA. Been, NWA. NWA. If, if you had a title, I probably held it until it's <laughs> But I, I just love that, you know, that it was... It was very passionate about Ryan Howard and um, yeah, that was very well written. Thank you, and, certainly. Thank you. Yeah. And then this one was very, very interesting. This is from Jim Sawicki. Hmm. Now, he, he, first thing that shocked me is that he's still on AOL. Well, do you know there's over a million people that actually pay for AOL? Are you kidding me? I believe that Jim Sawicki and Paul Heyman may still be the only two people on AOL. That I <laughs> so. <laughs> He wrote, Steve, you raise a very interesting question regarding if Alex Rodriguez passes Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds for the all-time home run title. Given the Barry Bonds situation, personally, I am hoping that Alex Rodriguez does pass Bonds to become the leader. In my view, at least Rodriguez admitted what he did. To my knowledge, Bonds has never done that. To have Rodriguez state on the record that he does not deserve the home run title would improve my image and perception of him and in sense be considered a positive thing. I think that could give Rodriguez a more positive image in the end. Another fact to the quote, all-time home run king quote, label is the fact that while he played in a different league, Sandra Hara actually hit 868 home runs and has more home runs than Bonds, Aaron, and Rodriguez. That kind of puts the topic to bed from another perspective. Now, you had just said that I, you know, I had done 80 tours of Japan and I love Japanese baseball. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that if MLB Network could do something with uh, the network in J- Japan that plays baseball, and I think it's all localized. I don't think it's anything national. If they could show Japanese baseball on uh, MLB Network, I think Japanese, I, I think American fans would go crazy for it. It is a blast to go to. It's a lot of fun. It's like seeing old winter ball in Puerto Rico where the fans are a part of the so a part of the game that you know it, you think you're at a college football or college basketball game with all the cheering and the chants and stuff like that but the level of play is so good too and you know O doesn't get enough credit for hitting 868 home runs I don't care if he's playing against Japanese players he's playing against professional players in a professional stadium and this is where Ichiro Suzuki doesn't get the credit he deserves because Ichiro Suzuki to me is probably the best, you know, pure hitter of not only of our generation, but maybe of all time. Yeah. I... You, know, you know, here's a guy that's almost has, and I'm, I'm trying to look it up as fast as I can without, without stopping to talk, uh, without stopping talking. Here's a guy that set a single season record with hits with 262 hits, yeah. 10 consecutive 200 hit seasons. And he also, he just like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it here. Uh, his career, he made his debut in the Pacific League in 1992 at age 18. He ended up with 1,278 hits. Now, now I'm, I'm running down here. <laughs> He has, I know he's close to 3,000. He's got 2,935 right now. 2,935. He's definitely going to hit it this year. That gives him a combined, do the math real quick, you know, almost 4,300 hits. 
4,300 hits. Yeah, that is insane. And that's something that we should look upon. You know, we, we should, in, instead of worrying about Pete Rose getting reinstated and, you know, oh, he was the greatest hitter of all time. Yeah, you know, he's a really bad person. And, you know, and it's, <laughs> I, hate, I hate to say that because I love Pete Rose. I, I grew up on Pete Rose. I want Pete Rose to be, you know, the, the hero that he was, uh, you know, years ago. Uh, what did you say? Twenty nine sixty three. Uh, let's see. He has twenty nine, twenty nine eighty, twenty nine thirty five. Sorry. Twenty nine thirty five. Yeah. Okay. Rose has forty two fifty six total. That's the that's and the I high got mark. forty. I got forty two thirteen combined. Then right. Wow. So he's he's forty for all intents and purposes forty four hits away from overtaking the prof- Rose. professional. And that's something like. You're looking for a hero. Here's your guy. Yeah. Here's your guy. Here's a guy that came over from Japan, and he's never in trouble. He's got a – everybody notes him for his work ethic. He loved baseball so much. He – you know, here's here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. He could have had the name Suzuki on the back of his his shirt. Now, in Japan – Names are backwards. So your family name means more important than your 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 given name. Hmm. You know, like Karino Steven would be the proper way to say my name in Japanese. But the fact that he wanted his name Ichiro is that, you know, he didn't want he didn't want his family name out there. He wanted to make a name on his on his own. And I think that says a lot for you know his you know his personality and stuff like that. So you know, that that's what we should be looking for instead of worrying about Barry Bonds and A-Rod and, and Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe Jackson and Ty Cobb and guys that weren't real good people. Yeah. And, and I, I guess Ty Cobb's kind of been <coughs> thrown to the wayside of. <laughs> yeah. Ichiro Suzuki is a good guy. He I'm reading five years ago. He donated $1.25 million of his own money to the Japanese Red Cross for the, the earthquake and was basically asking not to get publicity for it. Yeah. That's a guy. That's a guy. That's a guy that we should be hailing. So what if he's from Japan? Most players aren't from here. It's, it's okay. I know people want to be biased and hope that – you know, Bryce Harper is the, the great white hope. But let's face it. This is an international game, and it's okay to like people from different countries. It's a big world, but it really is a small world. And we should enjoy that we get players from Cuba and Japan and the Dominican Republic and Canada and all these different places. And, and they all come to this melting pot in the United States and Toronto, and they they play this beautiful game that we call baseball that we love so much. That, that is what we should be doing. Why isn't James Earl Jones saying this speech? Right. (laughs) I was going to cue up America the Beautiful. I was starting to tear up. I mean. Oh, baseball, right? It's baseball. Yeah. I'm going to pop in Field of Dreams before I go to bed. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. That's, well, now that I'm, I'm jazzed up, I'm motivated. And I hope you are too, because we have, we have some homework for you this week. Um, We can make the Phillies Nation 100 
uh, 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time book available for free on Kindle. But we need your help uh, with the podcast. Uh, we are obviously looking to expand our listener base, and we appreciate those that have hopped on early and have taken us to heights that we did not expect. Um, one of the ways to help us out without even purchasing anything is to rate and review us on iTunes. If we get 15 five-star reviews before April 1st, I have made a deal with the folks that help publish the book to make the book available for free on Amazon in the Kindle version. So with that, we will run a special promotion. If the podcast gets 15 five-star reviews, the book's going to be free. It's going to be available on Kindle for free. I tried to, I personally did the Kindle version. I've tried to make it as true to the paperback version as possible. Uh, Hours and hours of individual edits on pages to make that happen, to work with the different charts and graphs and things that are in the book. So we are willing, uh, and as one of the sponsors of the podcast, 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time, are willing to offer the Kindle version of the book for free um, if you guys help us out and you guys leave us uh, five-star reviews on iTunes um, and let us know how you think. Now, if you really don't think we're a five-star podcast, uh, my mother always said the nicest thing to say is don't say anything at all. <laughs> so, yeah, please. We can't. Uh, but, we have egos. We, we can't take Right. We're, we're fragile. We're fragile people. <laughs> we're involved in, in I'll pro- just block you on Twitter. <laughs> right? But if you really enjoy this and you really enjoy it and you want to help other people um, enjoy the Phillies and get the, the 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time available for free, um, go on iTunes, click on the Phillies Nation podcast, leave us a review, uh, click on five stars, leave a brief review, tell other folks why you like listening to Steve and I, uh, to the great content that we bring you on Throwback Thursdays, to some of the Phillies Nation extras, which included interviews with Pat Gallen. Uh, we have some inter- interviews with folks from ESPN, from Fangraphs, from CBS3, from 94.1 WIP coming up, um, in addition to what Steve and I bring you every week here on the flagship. So, you had some homework last week. We had some great entries. We hope this week you'll complete some other homework. If we get 15, we've arranged with the the folks that have helped put the book out to be able to offer the book for free for the month of April um, if the reviews are there by April 1st. So we're going to let you go this week. By next week, we're going to give you an update. Um, next week will be March 30th. Uh, don't procrastinate. The sooner this happens, the sooner we're willing to put the book up for free in the Kindle lending library um, and let the fans of Phillies Nation grab the 100 greatest Phillies of all time uh, now available on Amazon. So if we get to 15 by the end of the week, by Saturday, we'll be able to make it live. We'll be able to make it free on Amazon. So don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Um, the faster that happens, the faster uh, the folks that have helped publish the book have agreed to make this free on on Amazon. So, you know, Steve, what do you think? Do you think it's doable? Do you think out of the, the... I think it's, it's definitely doable and it's not much to ask, you know, if you like, if you like the podcast and I hope you do, because I, I think we bring a, um, you know, a, a, a little bit of sunshine to the, the, the Philadelphia Phillies <laughs> and, uh, you know, and we love doing it. This is, this is something I look forward to doing every week. And I, I'm excited that I, I'm an experienced podcaster. Me and my buddy Rob had the Extreme Odd Couple podcast for a couple of years, and you know I tried doing my own thing. But you know, baseball's my love. I've been a wrestler for 22 years, but baseball is my love to and to 
you know, talk every week with you, Ian, and, and talk baseball and have fun. And we're talking about a team that's not, you know, picked to win. You know, right. we're, we're not talking about a team like the Chicago Cubs where, where all the, the emphasis is on win now. We're, we're talking about a team that is going to be fun, is going to be rebuilding. And, you know, starting this podcast is – and I think we're in for the long haul. I think Absolutely. we're going to – this is going to be something that's going to grow and we want people to, to listen and share and, and be a part of it. You know, tell us about your OOTP games and tell us, you know, we're going to give you a little bit of homework with the essay and, you know, we're going to give stuff away and, you know, do trivia and we're just going to make this thing fun. So, you know, give those ratings and get the book because especially if you have a Kindle fire, I, I just upgraded to the Kindle fire and Reading on your Kindle Fire is just – it's amazing. It's its absolutely amazing. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, which you should because if you're a human, and uh, because the benefits are just amazing besides killing small businesses. That, I mean, let's not talk <laughs> about that. But you know, for the convenience of it, I'll kill some small businesses. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, my goodness. You, know, you, you order something on Amazon Prime and it's here. It, it seems like six hours later. It, it, oh, you can't, you can't beat it. So, you know, I, I look forward to it and uh, it, just you get those ratings up because th- this is a lot of fun. Yeah. We just want to make sure that, you know, we have you know, we want to invite everybody in the tent and the, and the fastest and easiest way to do that is to leave your thoughts, your feelings on iTunes. So we certainly encourage those five-star ratings. If we get 15 and as I'm looking now, there's already one posted. So we just need 14 more. Probably uh, my mother-in-law. There you go. Well, then there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> she's a great person. Yeah. So, you know, we'll get by April 1st, which is my wife's birthday. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> will, we will put up, uh, the Phillies Nation 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time, available for free. I think there's a way to do it that it's free for everybody. So I'm willing to do that in honor of opening day, um, in honor of the Phillies Nation podcast. If we get 15 five-star reviews, I'm willing to put up the digital version for free on Amazon. But we, you need to help us get the word out about the Phillies Nation podcast. So with that being said, this was the most fun I've had yet. I think this was the longest episode, Steve, but... This by far is the most fun I've had. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, it's another great edition of the Phillies Nation podcast. Steve, where can they find you? Well, how about this? I, I said, I think I said it last week about the Facebook page. Everybody, people send me Facebook requests, and I don't know. And then if I hit OK and I don't know you, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm one of 24 that you've tagged into the stupid sunglasses for 24.99. And anybody that knows me <laughs> knows I don't spend more than 10 bucks on a pair of sunglasses. Right. So I, I started a quote-unquote fan page, and it's at facebook.com backslash King Carino, all one word. Uh, or you can get me on the Twitter machine at King Carino. I, I always love seeing new followers and, and I see baseball in their, in their thing, you know, because a lot of wrestling fans follow me. And, uh, you know, when I see the baseball fans, uh, you know, I, I get this, you know, a little smile because, you know, I, I, I am a wrestler most of the week. So, you know, baseball is my escape and talking baseball with fans. And, you know, there's, there's always time when I can, uh, you know, talk to fans on, on the Twitter and you could even go on the, the new Facebook page and, uh, and I'll have fun talking to you there, you know, and you, you can find me there. Um, oh, and my website, world of Carino.com been a little slow updating it. So, um, 
bear with me, but you know, just go to that Facebook page. It's pretty easy. I can I can just do it from my phone. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And you can find me at Ian Riccaboni, I-A-N-R-I-C-C-A-B-O-N-I. Also on the Phillies Nation Twitter, uh, look for the brand new Phillies Nation layout. We we just spent a lot of time and money on philliesnation.com to bring an updated layout. Bring us into 2016 and on a nice note. Uh, so let us know what you think about that. Uh, we got some great writers there. Uh, Tim Malcolm's been doing an excellent job. Of course, Jay Floyd, a minor league expert. And uh, we have John Nisola, who's been with us for quite some time, also bringing some great stuff there. So be sure to check out philliesnation.com. And uh, you can find us both on various Ring of Honor items. Uh, you know, Steve has a great new DVD out, which is the worst of Steve Carino. <laughs> and and uh, you can find me calling the Women of Honor matches on uh, Ring of Honor's YouTube page. And uh, yeah, I hope someday I'll get to work with you, Steve, because I've only been uh, calling matches with Kevin Kelly and Mr. Wrestling 3. So maybe one day we'll call some together. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and that's the problem is, you know, they're never going to let me back. No. Who knows? You know, I'll be going to New Japan Pro Wrestling in April to do some commentary and then, uh, you know, getting some stuff back in the ring, you know, slowly, slowly. Right. Uh, not that I was ever fast. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, maybe you'll get to call one of my matches one day. Oh, that would that would be an honor. That would be the pleasure would be all mine. Oh, so, uh, I have a spoiler for you. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Rollins hit a home run today. Really? I guess it's not much of a spoiler. And, you know. <laughs> I guess that's just the result. <laughs> we should get a Phillies Nation shirt on pro wrestling tees. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like that. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely look into that. That'll be that'll be another thing to sell. <laughs> but we thank you so much for listening. Uh, for Steve Carino, I'm Ian Riccaboni. Uh Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.